Hey there, happy Friday. It has been a little over a week since I last shared on this message of cultivating the seed. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, the Lord actually had me woke up this morning before 4 a.m. <laughs> the second or third time this week I was up at 4 a.m. Um, and he just was speaking fruitful, fruitful, fruitful to my heart. And yes, it was just like that. It was that repetitive. And so I got up and got into the word and he was just sharing with me that he mentions fruitful 32 times in the Bible, according to the King James Version two of which are in the New Testament, and the rest is in the Old Testament. The other 30 are in the Old Testament, and almost half of those 14 references are in Genesis. Because Genesis chapter 1, we are exhorted and had our first command was to be fruitful and multiply, to be fruitful and multiply. So if you recall, this all began with this idea or this seed that the Lord planted in my life or in my soul, or my thoughts, or however you want to term that, about us collecting packets, packets of seeds, or packets of words, receiving words, whether we're collecting from a pastor, or just collecting every morning in devotion, or just collecting when we go on a conference, but we don't really do much with it. So then we went on this exploration where we looked at Mark 4, and we looked at soil. We looked at different soils, and I've repeated it so many times, but I'll repeat it again. The hard soil, the thorny soil, the rocky soil, and then the good soil. We've explored so many different things. I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the other um, episodes, just so you can gain a sense of where we're headed now. So in this final installment of this series or this exploration in this study, I want to encourage us with some tangible things that we can do with the Word of God. So like I said, the first command in Genesis was to be fruitful and multiply. The Lord told Abraham he would be fruitful. He told Jacob he would be fruitful. He told Joseph he would be fruitful. Joseph had a son, Ephraim, who would be fruitful. And so the Lord always wants his body, his believers, his people to be fruitful. We're going to see how this connection goes and how my dogs act. So welcome to the Roberts household. <laughs> um, but we are exhorted and encouraged to be fruitful. We even read in scripture that those who do not bear fruit, the branches who do not bear fruit are removed, are pruned, are cut away. Why? Because us being fruitful, us yielding the fruit of the Lord, having leaves that bring healing to the nation and bearing fruit that is like provision and sustenance to those around us is that important to the Lord. So today, what are we going to talk about? Well, first, I'm just going to share a little tidbit about Shannon. Um, today, I released Beyond. Ah, I'm so excited. Two and a half years in the making. The Lord put that message on my heart in May 2018. And now today, it's a book. And I'm so excited. And I ordered it for my author copy. And it was supposed to be delivered today. And guess what? I think somebody hijacked it. I got a little picture from Amazon saying it was delivered and then I go out to my door and it's not there. So I'm just praying whomever has that book, God love you and God bless you. But the other tidbit I wanted to share is in high school, I took horticulture and horticulture is just the study of plants and um, you know planting seeds in a greenhouse and all the things and it was just a super cool class and Holy Spirit was reminding me of this and there's this process there's a method to the madness of growing plants so I want to kind of just dig into that a little bit we're going to take what happens in the natural what happens in the horticulture world and how you begin to plant seeds in the greenhouse and you nurture them you care for them you you um, divide 
divide them out and then before you put them into a pot or you put them outside, uh, there are things that we do. So we're gonna go through 12 different things. If you have a notepad, go ahead and grab it or your journal or whatever, or just listen and take it all in. Um, but the first thing is we receive the seed, which we've been talking about and that was the preface to all of this, is that when we read the word or we go to church or we read a book or we listen to a podcast, where scripture and the message of God is being delivered, or we hear a prophetic message, or something is spoken into our lives by somebody who, like, we know they are, like, they're in it with God. They, they, they hear him. We have to do something with that seed. The word says that the word of God is the seed. The seed of God is God's word. And so what do we do with it? Well, first, we have to realize we're not just supposed to collect seeds and throw them in a container and just have all these seeds and goodies and whatnot. Second, we have to realize we are the container. We are the vessel. And our container, thirdly, starts with quality soil. Now, we really dug into that quite extensively, so I'm not going to go over all that again. But I do want to remind us and encourage us to check the soil of our heart. Is the soil beaten down, hard, prideful, impenetrable? Is the heart of your soil rocky, stubborn, rather than tender and responsive? Is the soil of your heart, does it seem to be preoccupied and distracted, distracted by the cares of this world before the kingdom of God? And does your heart seem ready and eager with an expectation to pursue God, to seek his word, to accept his word, and then to walk in his word and to do something with it. That's what a responsive heart does. They hear it, they accept it, and then they begin to yield fruit. So then the fourth thing is, when we have this seed, we have to make sure that it's planted at the proper depth. So in horticulture, you couldn't just plumb that seed all the way to the bottom and then cover it with a bunch of dirt. You had to have it just a little bit underneath the soil. So one, it could have air, it could receive sunlight, but it also had room for its roots to begin to grow. So if you put the seed too deep, it'll kind of rot and it won't do much because the roots don't really have any place to go and it's not exposed to sunlight and air. But if you put it a little bit to the surface, but not too close because then it could get snatched out, you know, by critters or birds, then um, if you put it right where it needs to be, then it has more, uh, it's probable more probability of taking root and sprouting and all that good stuff. So if God is calling you deeper into your understanding, are you willing to go? If he is calling you higher, are you willing to rise? Are you willing to be beyond your comfort zones to remain in step with the seed, leaves and fruit he is ready to provide through your life? Some scripture I would recommend is 2 Corinthians 3.18 and Revelation 4.1. Now the fifth thing we have to do with that seed is to water it. So what comes to mind for me, since we know that the Holy Spirit is the river of living water, is to pray in the Spirit over the seeds the Lord is calling us to cultivate in this season. So I'll just hop to um, John 7.37 where we read that um, the Holy Spirit is that river of living water. Apologize for not having this pulled up already. 737. 747 is a good number too. 737. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from him, or from his heart. 
when he said the living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. Every single person. It's not for the special people. It's for all of us because we're all special. <laughs> but the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered to his glory. Meaning Jesus had not yet been crucified, buried, and then resurrected by the Holy Spirit who now lives in us. He is that river of living water. So again, the fifth thing for us to do with the seed we receive is to water. Pray in the Spirit because we have the Spirit of the living God living within us. And then I again refer you back to Ezekiel 47 where it speaks of the river and the, the fruitfulness that um, was on the bank because of that river. And there was fruit and there were leaves. And Ephesians 6.18 says to pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. We are called to pray in the Spirit. And that is simply praying in the Spirit as defined by the Bible. Alright, the sixth thing that we do uh, for, with this seed is to maintain consistent moisture. So balance praying in the Spirit with taking functional, actional steps as the Holy Spirit leads. So we can't just be hidden in the secret place or hidden up in the prayer closet and we're just praying and praying and praying and praying. We're praying in the Spirit, but we're not doing anything. The result of praying in the Spirit is to lead and guide us. Yes, sometimes we're praying things we don't understand and the Holy Spirit is interceding for us, but... A lot of times, my experience has been that when we pray in the Spirit, the Lord gives revelation, He gives insight, He gives strategy, which are actionable steps to take in order to do the thing He's calling us to do. Again, in order to maintain that consistent moisture, as a horticulture class would say, is to balance with the Word, the written Word, and Spirit, or the rhema word that comes from the Lord, the imagery, whatever he would share, visions, dreams, so on and so forth, as described in Joel and Acts. So the seventh thing for us to do is keep the soil warm. All right, Revelations 3.16 and Romans 12.11, we must be passionate about the seed and the leaves, excuse me, and fruit will be yielded rather than being indifferent. There, there was a caution to the church in Revelation that they were lukewarm. They were neither hot, they were not cold. They were just kind of meh. We're not to be meh with the Word of God. We're to be fiery and passionate. And so how do we stay passionate and fiery? Continuously leading into the heart of God. Continuously praying, praising Him, worshiping Him, resting before Him. And we talked about um, in an earlier episode that this is not about works. This isn't not about works, folks. This is about receiving by faith what the Lord has for us, just like He gave to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and so many others before us, and then walking it out in faith. Now, Mary, Mary chose the good thing of resting at the feet of Jesus, and therefore she was... Oh, the dogs are chiming in. The dogs are chiming in. She was passionate about resting at the feet of Jesus, and Mary was passionate about doing what needed to be done. There's balance. The Word and the Spirit, resting and doing, always staying in step with the Lord. The eighth thing for us to do, and something we would learn in horticulture, and I did back in high school, was to fertilize. Fertilizers work by providing essential nutrients to developing flowers, trees, 
any kind of vegetable and any kind of, um, as a kind of, excuse me, uh, multivitamin. So we seek out the word. We know that the word is food. The word is sustenance. The word is provision. And Holy Spirit is like a fertilizer. He takes that and he um, just amplifies it for us uniquely and personally. And what we are hoping to do and what we're setting out to do is have a fertilizer of faith, hope, and love. Because nothing can stand against those things. And love is the most important of all. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. So we want to make sure that we are cultivating this seed by making sure, I'm just going to recap before we move on, that it um, the, our soil is good, that we're planting at the proper depth and we're going as deep as He needs us to, or we're coming up as high as He needs us to, we're watering by praying in the Holy Spirit, we're maintaining consistent moisture by balancing with the Word and the Spirit, resting and moving uh, we are not lukewarm, but we are passionate. We are fiery for God. We're not zealous, moving in our own strength, but we're burning hot because of the Holy Spirit living within us. The the baptism of fire is what they call it. Um, and then we're fertilizing it with essential nutrients. The Word is essential. People helping us is essential. Now the ninth thing is giving seedlings enough light. As I shared before, if that seed goes too deep, it'll get buried and then the light doesn't reach it and it could it could rot in the d too deep of a soil. So the light must be cast on the soil in order for the seed to grow. Isaiah 58, 8. Love light more than darkness. John 3, 17 through 21. Invite the light to expose and deal with the weeds. A lot of time people won't go into prayer. They won't go to church. They won't open the Bible. They won't talk to somebody who they know is on fire for God because they're afraid that the light of God in them will expose their sin, expose their shame, expose their shortcomings. We want to invite the light in so that the word of God can grow and change us, transform us. That's that's the whole point of all of this is to be transformed into the image and the likeness of Christ Jesus. So invite the light in. Love the light more than darkness. We read that scripture and it breaks my heart that they love the light more than darkness. Let us not be that type of people. Let us love the light and allow the light in so the seeds of God, the word of God, can take root, transform our lives, transform our minds, and transform the lives of those around us by the power of God and his love within us. The tenth thing is, as we're talking about exposing, is exposing weeds. We need to weed the garden. We need to round, uh, weed around the freshly germinated seed. But don't get so distracted by the weeds that we're more focused with the weeds than we are the seeds. I don't know how many times I'm around people and it's like, the demon's this, the devil that, and this and that. And it's like, come on, let's lock eyes with Jesus. Why are we focusing on this second heaven when we are clearly, according to scripture, elevated above that, seated in Christ Jesus in the third heaven, read Ephesians 2, with him. We're looking down and we're not even paying attention. So don't get distracted by the weeds. Don't get distracted by the, the tactics of the enemy to trip you up and to cause you to fall down. I shared earlier <laughs> that my book, I think, was stolen, honestly. My Beyond That was released today. This week did not go at all how I had hoped. I had hoped that I would have these great daily announcements leading up to today and there'd be this awesome release party tonight. Nothing went that way. It was the enemy trying to trip me up. It was the enemy trying to make me believe that, you know, this wasn't going to happen. But guess what? I kept going and I'm just going to retool. You know, I'm like, nope, nope, 
No, and I had to stay faithful to the things that God called me to. Um, but don't be so distracted by the enemy and his tactics and his ploys that we forget the seeds and we're so focused on the weeds that the seed rots. Meanwhile, we're so distracted by the weed and the enemy, nothing's getting done. Well, guess what? That's exactly what he wants. He wants to render you fruitless. He does not want you to bear God's fruit. That is when you have to throw punch the enemy in the spirit by using your voice and using your words, which we're getting ready to go into the 11th point, to cast him down, out, and away. Push back that darkness. Stand up. Get, get your bearings. Be rooted. Stand firm. Stand guard. And push him back with your voice which is the next thing. The 11th thing is we have to circulate the air. Allow the wind of the spirit to blow wherever he needs to go with, and then go with the flow. The Ruach breath of God. Give voice to what God is doing and announce him. His voice, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8 says, overcomes the enemy. I'm, it's a little bit more blunt than that. Actually, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verse 8 says it this way. Then the man of lawlessness will be revealed, but the Lord Jesus will kill him. That's how it's worded in the New Living Translation. With the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. The breath, the ruach, the pneuma, the wind of God is so important and it flows from our mouth when we speak. That will keep that seed protected and keep the vermin, keep the minions, keep the demons and all of them away. Gotta use your voice. Gotta use your word because that is the breath of God coming out. And then the twelfth and final thing that I've learned in horticulture is this hardening of seedlings. So before you transplant this little sapling or this little seedling uh, out into the pot outside or in the garden or wherever you're going to end up putting it, you have to make sure that it's hardy, that it's solidified, that it's, it's going to withstand the elements. So allow the word for us, if we were to adapt this, allow the word to become solidified and fortified in your life before taking it out there. Pray for discernment on who you share this word with. Pray for wisdom on when to release whatever it is God has in your life or to flow from or through your life. Use discernment. Again, call on Holy Spirit to speak into your life, to share with you His knowledge and His wisdom on what that needs to look like. Okay, so as we move into 2021, the whole point of this, the whole point of this was that we're moving into 2021. 2020, if I can just say it quite bluntly, has sucked for a lot of people, okay? I know I'm probably not supposed to say that as a Christian minister person, but I just did. It's not been the greatest for a lot of people. There have been trials. There have been temptations. There have been darkness. There have been things that have brought people down. People have had COVID. I myself had it. The, the enemy has been trying so hard through disease, civil unrest, you know, what's going on with the elections right now, politics, so many different things. I know that I know that I know the Lord is calling his church, his bride, his body to something bigger, something higher, something above all of this. And he needs us to 
receive the words, maybe recall the words. I was doing that just the other day. All these words he's spoken into my life for the past two and a half, three years, and how they've now kind of come together like multiple streams, and they've culminated, and now it's like this great big space is about to open up if we will allow it if we will walk into it. But we have to receive and take all those words and do something with them. They shouldn't just be sitting in our soul, just kind of rotting there or just stagnating or drying up. We need to be cultivating them. We need to first and foremost, make sure we're receiving the seed, realize we're the vessel or container, Make sure we're checking the soil of our, our hearts and our souls. Farmers, they do this all the time. They check the soil before they plant. They check the soil after. They're constantly fertilizing. They're constantly making sure that that soil has the proper, I think, pH level. I'm not a farmer, so I don't know. Um, the proper levels to foster a good crop, to foster a good harvest. We have to do the same with our lives. Fourth, plant at the proper depth, not too deep, not too shallow, too deep it could rot, too shallow it could get plucked up. Um, five, water by praying in the Holy Spirit. Six, maintain consistent moisture with the Word of God and the Spirit of God, having that balance of resting at His feet and doing what He calls us to do in His Spirit, not by our might or our strength. Keep the soil warm, stay passionate and on fire, fan the flame of Holy Spirit within you through praise and worship and prayer and all of the wonderful ways that we can tap into Holy Spirit. Fertilize with essential nutrients. Give the seeds light. Give them enough light. Invite the light in. Love the light. Do not cherish the darkness more than the light. Then weed around, but don't get distracted by the weeds so you forget the seeds. I think that's a t-shirt. Let's focus on the seeds and not the weeds or something like that. I don't know. Maybe not. There goes my mind. And then we have to circulate the air around the seed. That's where the, we allow the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, the wind of the Spirit to blow wherever he lists. And that's the Ruach breath. Because ultimately, the enemy comes down, according to 2 Thessalonians 2.8. And he's pushed back. We can protect we can protect that seed, that, that fruit that is about to be born. And then we have to make sure we're solid, we are resolute, we are fortified before we go planting in other spaces or sharing with other people in order for the fruit of the Lord to be witnessed and be cultivated and to come to fruition in our lives and so that we have leaves of healing to the nations. But first, in our lives, first in our marriage, first with our children, first in our homes, or with our parents, or with our siblings, or whomever, maybe our church or community, healing there first, provision through the fruit there first, and then wherever God needs to go. And ultimately, we're responding to the very first commandment in Genesis chapter 1, be fruitful and multiply. God was so concerned with being fruitful and multiplying. Um, I wasn't going to share this, but this just keeps coming back to mind. Hopefully I wrote the note down. Um, God will gather, let's see, Ezekiel, look to him. Okay, so Ezekiel 17, it was interesting, last Sunday I was in prayer and I had this vision of a white eagle, so if you 
are if you are if we're friends on Facebook, you might have seen me post that last night a picture of a white eagle, which actually is a real thing, and I didn't even know it. But last Sunday, I had this vision of this white eagle just flying at me, and that there was this light that came from this eagle, and I was just so enamored by this eagle, and I'm like, is that even a real thing? You know? Then of course I Google it and I look, and so then I created my own piece of art just to kind of capture that moment. Well. This morning, so here we are, it was like five, six days later, the Lord is speaking to me this morning about being fruitful, 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 and then he points me to Ezekiel 17, and there's a mention of the story of two eagles, and what I thought was interesting is that in verse 6, it says, it took root there, um, I'm sorry, he also took a seedling from the land and planted it in fertile soil. He placed it beside a broad river where it could grow like a willow tree. That's where this all started, was Ezekiel 47 and then Revelations 22. It took root there and grew to a slow spreading vine. Its branches turned up toward the eagle and its root grew down into the ground. It produced strong branches and put out shoots. Now that takes me to Mark chapter 4 where we read about the... Um, the mustard seed that grows and it spreads its branches out. I believe he's talking about, I don't want to misspeak, but I believe he's talking about uh, Jesus in that passage. Yes, Mark 4, verse 30. Jesus said, how can I, he's talking about the kingdom. How can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make its nest in its shade. So this is kind of a parallel. And this is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God that you and I, you and I are called to bear the fruit of in the earth. And that was, I think, yeah. Um, I'll continue on my thought. Um, so, it was planted in good soil and had plenty of water, so it could grow into a splendid vine and produce rich leaves and luscious fruit. And so, some bad things happened because, well, they didn't bear the fruit. They didn't obey God. They didn't love God. They became idolaters. And then it goes on to say in the last uh, verses of 17, verse 23, birds of every sort will nest in it, finding shelter in the shade of its branches, and all trees will know it that it is I, the Lord, who cuts the tall tree down and makes the short tree grow tall. It is I who makes the green tree wither and gives the dead tree new life. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do what I have said. So, ladies, gentlemen, this is all about Jesus. It's always all about Jesus. And so our lives are to bear his fruit. Our lives are to bear the fruit of God so that others can see and know his kingdom. So that others will be pointed to Jesus and have life in Christ. And so for us moving into 2021, my prayer as we close is so that the we know the word that the Lord has spoken. And if we don't have a word, we seek it. We find it just like Mary and we receive it. So then we can be like Martha and get up and do the thing. You guys, the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. The harvest is only going to get riper, my senses, in 2021. Will we labor? Will we cultivate first the soil of our hearts and ensure that we are bearing the fruit the Lord needs us to bear so that we can meet people where they are so that they can receive seed, they can cultivate, and then they can bear his fruit, and they can have their lives firmly rooted in love for eternity?
Eternity is at hand. Eternity is at hand. I'm going to close with this. John chapter 15. Uh, we'll start at verse 9. I have loved you as the Father. This is red letter Jesus speaking. I don't know if you can see that. Anyway. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for a friend. You are my friends if, if, we talked about that earlier, conditional statements. You do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because the master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the father told me. Now here we go. Listen up. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. We have been appointed to produce lasting fruit. I'm going to look up a couple other versions real quick. Um, that begs the question, are our lives producing fruit? Are we prepared to have our lives produce lasting fruit moving into 21, 2021? So others see his fruit in our lives and they too desire Jesus. So the NIV puts it this way. Um, you have been appointed. Everybody says appointed, but there was one version I read that says, so King James Version says, um, I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he might give you. That was another interesting thing uh, in prayer on Sunday. Um, the Lord was like, well, just ask. And I asked for snow. Uh, for those of you who don't like snow, yeah, I get you. Um, and then it ended up snowing a couple days, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, there was another version that said commissioned, I thought. Maybe, maybe not. Um, ordained, appointed. Maybe that was the uh, tran uh, Passion Translation. Let me look that up real quick. I thought he said commissioned. Um, John. Okay. So I got fired up right there. Um, I'm just really passionate about this and I just want to encourage us before we read one more book or listen to one more podcast or watch one more pastor's video or watch one more thing online by, you know, what some might consider like Christian celebrities. We have to get the soil of our heart right first and we have to know why we're receiving all of this in the first place. It's not just to continue to collect things to ourselves and be excited about receiving and filling up our wells. It is so we are bearing fruit. Yes, right there it is. The Passion Translation puts it this way. John 15, 16. You didn't choose me, but I've chosen and commissioned you to go into the world and to bear fruit. And your fruit will last because whatever you ask of the Father, for my sake, he will give it to you. So there you have it. It's been well over my 15 minute mark. Um, we're closing this exploration. I pray this was a blessing to you. I am going to put it in one location so you can revisit it if you want. Probably going to expand on the points a little bit. 
create some um, printables or Word documents for you to be able to just print off and go into deeper study if you are led to or so inclined. But we have got to, got to, got to, got to, got to, got to do something with the Word that the Lord shares with us in this season. It cannot be dying. It cannot be drying up. It cannot be stagnant. The soil of our hearts cannot be hard, thorny, rocky. It has to be good, good soil. We have to seek, hear, accept, and then produce the fruit. We have to know we are called and commissioned to bear fruit. We have to know that the first call and directive was to be fruitful and multiply. And so we can bear leaves that bring healing. We can bear fruit that is provision. We can have branches or be branches that are like a covering like we read in Mark 4. The, oh, I'm just so excited. God, this is an exciting time if we allow it. I'm humbled and honored to be a part of it, and I pray that you feel the same way. So, Father God, I thank you for this message. I thank you for this exploration. I pray that the seeds of all of these words will be planted in good, good, good soil. Lord, I pray that you continue to just minister, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, that you would water these seeds with your Holy Spirit, that the wind of your Spirit would be able to blow wherever you need to within the hearts and minds of those who have listened to this or might read in the future. Lord, I pray that seeds would sprout up and roots would grow deep. I pray that we would balance word and spirit. We would balance rest and doing, that we would be doing everything in the, the leading and power of the Holy Spirit. And Father God, that we are bearing your fruit to the world around us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Okay. Well, I can't see who's on here, so I'm just going to hop off. Um, if you've been commenting, for some reason I can't see your comments, so I apologize for that. I will catch up with you later. Uh, but also um, know that Beyond is now released officially and you can go get that on Amazon and I'm pretty, pretty excited about it. I will be sharing an invitation in my newsletter um, here in just a little bit. I'm going to do a, a, a proper book release since I didn't get to this week uh, via Zoom next Tuesday. So if you don't receive my newsletter, you can drop me your um, email address so I can get that to you. We'll just do an online uh, release, reveal, celebration, launch, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then also the Rise Up Commitment. I haven't really been able to give to it what I normally would. And so I don't know if anybody's going to be interested in doing this next round that kicks off January 11th. But it's still available. I'm still planning to teach a group of whomever would like to. So if you're interested in that, please let me know and I will get the information to you. One week till Christmas, guys. I'm so excited. I love Christmas. It is the most wonderful time of the year. It's my favorite. I told my husband the other day, I'm like, I wake up and I'm singing Christmas songs in my sleep. <laughs> so there's another tidbit about Shannon. I love Christmas and I love the body and I love you. Take care. God bless.